Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Ego Chat Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode, we vamos, which is kind of redundant because I think vamos includes the we, but I, I only took five or six years of Spanish, but we got some Spanish Call of Duty news, which is very rare, uh, especially in the Ego Chow parts. Uh, and we also are going to preview the first week of the Major 5 qualifiers, uh, which are, uh, we're getting to the very end of the CDL regular season as we head toward champs, uh, Major 5, then champs. So a lot of important things to talk about. Um, as far as the matches, but before we get to any of that, how are you doing, Bink? I'm doing all right, just like you, ready to talk about that Vamos, baby. So let's let's talk about it. Heretics, which uh, had pretty uh, a pretty long-standing stint in Call of Duty esports before the Call of Duty League, uh, particularly in the Spanish Call of Duty scene, um, they are reportedly coming back to COD, getting back involved in the scene uh and they will reportedly merge with the florida mutineers to create the miami heretics franchise um which is is very interesting at least from my point of view because obviously heretics honestly like they were they were one of the the, the teams that had been kind of talked about before the cdo of like which of these current um you know, organizations that are currently involved in COD esports, which of them could actually make the jump to the CDL when the franchise is started. Uh, Heretics was kind of thrown out there, but it I guess it never caught steam. It never happened. We didn't uh, have a Spanish Call of Duty team um, when the CDL launched, and you know, we've only had a few Spanish Call of Duty players in the CDL uh, thus far, but it looks like the the Miami Heretics are are going to be a thing, and that their roster will be a Spanish Call of Duty roster, um, you know, filled with a lot of names that are familiar with, um, you know, we're familiar with as longtime Call of Duty fans because you know there are only so many Spanish COD players that have really broken through. Um, what are your re initial reaction to uh, this news? Obviously. We've had a lot of ownership change news or rumors over the past year or two um, with the the gorillas. We had the Minnesota Rocker thing a few weeks ago, and now we have the the Heretics Mutineers thing. So what is Bink's uh, opinion on Bamos and what the Miami Heretics might look like in the near future? I love it, man. I think, you know, obviously there was the initial period of the cdl where that you were kind of referring to that um some people thought maybe they would be one of the inaugural teams and when that didn't happen i feel like since that point um a spanish a, a team representing spain slash a spanish team has been like one of those like um topics of discussion whenever expansion inevitably comes up because expansion is always a hot topic in in the scene um so it felt like you know if if there was like a list of teams that could join the league through expansion that heretics would be uh, one of the options that a lot of people uh, were interested in i think it, it's definitely worth mentioning they they weren't necessarily the best team but they they definitely were very competitive and at least you know me i'm speaking right now mostly about their black ops 4 team when they actually were in the cwl um 
and they were exciting. Like they they drew in a lot of viewers, if my memory serves correctly. And that's where the Vamos comes from. You know, spamming Vamos in the chat was became almost a meme, and um, not even a meme might not even be the right word, just because there were so many people just spamming that in the chat. So, um. I I definitely like the move. Obviously, it's an initial report, and we don't have all the details, and you know nothing is set in stone right now. But I think if this go comes to fruition, it's definitely interesting, and it's definitely something that uh, could benefit the league in the long run. And I think even you know talking about um, when we were covering the report for Dot Esports earlier today, um, you know just the sense that first year. Uh, of the CDL where Florida did win three home series events after that they really have just struggled um, and I think looking at their placements it was something along the lines of they haven't finished above top four in a major obviously major differing from home series um, so their best placing in a major is fourth I believe um, and they didn't finish higher than top eight at champs missing champs altogether last year so um yeah, the, the, after that first year of MW 2019, the the Mutineers as a whole have struggled. So um, this could be, you know, similar to it, it's tough to compare it really to Paris Legion going to Vegas, but um, you know, similar maybe maybe just a little rebrand could be what uh, the the franchise needs. Um, it is also worth mentioning. I was trying to look it up really quick, but I know um, I'm pretty sure at least that. Uh, Heretics acquired Misfits LEC spot, which LEC is the the professional European uh, League of Legends league. Um, so the the organizations have done business before. Based on this initial report, it sound doesn't sound like it would be like Misfits selling to Heretics. It kind of sounded like they would still be involved, but obviously that's you know, could just be a misinterpretation and, you know, not just having all the details because this is a, an initial mm -hmm. report. Um, but if that did happen, I think that would be good to see. Um, similar to what we talked about with Minnesota Rocker sounding like in their report a couple of weeks back that they don't want to outright sell the team, but they want to kind of team up with somebody. Um, that, that just, you know, I, I feel like that would be beneficial because... Um, you're, you're bringing together two fan bases technically instead of just, you know, kind of abandoning one, even though it's not really abandoning it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like just the, the, the merger uh, would be better than just a straight-up acquisition from, like, a, a fan retention standpoint, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I was going to bring that up with the Minnesota stuff is that, um, you know, Minnesota, obviously, they were – they they t talked publicly about a possible merger or a possible sale in the future of the esports organization, including the CDL team. And we're seeing what a merger might look like if the Minnesota uh, you know organization does that. If they wanted to sell to Rise Nation and become like the Minnesota Rise or something along those lines. Um, I think that's probably the best way forward for some of these organizations. Obviously, like $25 million buy-in for the CDL was like a ridiculous investment. And I think everybody saw that from the beginning, except the people that were buying in, or maybe they were just kind of hopeful that it would work out nonetheless. Um, but to get as many fans as possible while 
you know, keeping some kind of branding with like your current, um, your current team or your current organization with some of those players. I think the the merging is probably the best option here. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they're going away from the Florida part of it to kind of, because you, you look at Optic Texas, they're kind of branded across the entire state of Texas, not Dallas or Houston or whatever. Um, but they're, you know, they're, they have that entire state where they're pretty much branded for, um, and for the mutineers, we've had the Florida mutineers and we we've seen in other sports like the Florida Panthers who, um, Boston Bruins suck, LOL. Um, so like the, the Panthers, they're kind of marketing to their whole state, even though there are multiple teams in Florida in the NHL. Um, and with the mutineers now, it looks like it'll become the Miami heretics, uh, which you know does make sense though because you have uh, a large Latino population in Miami, a large Spanish-speaking population, heretics, a Spanish um, organization. I'm, I'm sure they will definitely lean into that and become like one of the first organizations to really try to like become like a dual language or like multiple language organization. Um, but I'm really excited about this. Like I. I agree with you about the mutineer stuff where they really haven't had any momentum in like two years, maybe three years at this point. Um, obviously, you know, like Pharaoh dying was horrible and like he was a big piece of that first year. And he was also like, a, you know, at least in terms of branding, even like he was kind of their centerpiece. He was kind of the young up and coming star them um and obviously that just like kind of took the wind out of their sails um but even beyond that like the roster has not been competitive like you said like they i think they lost out on champs uh on a tiebreaker last season so like that that sucks because that's one more event that you possibly could have done something and become you know more popular get gotten more fans at the biggest event of the year um, and just things haven't really worked out for them. We saw Havoc, he stepped down from the roster due to, uh, you know, personal issues um, earlier this season. And they are one of the worst teams in the league, almost 0% chance of making it to champ. So there's just like absolutely no positive momentum going uh, in the Mutineers way. But Heretics coming in, something new, something kind of familiar, obviously, but with the past Call of Duty connection, I, I just think it's the perfect fit. Uh, and I'm glad that it's not someone, uh, another organization coming in that's never been involved in COD that really doesn't have any experience like with the community and stuff like Heretics. Uh, and and I, I would feel the same way about like Giants because that's the only other Spanish Call of Duty team that I can think of uh, off the top of my head. But like I would be perfectly fine with someone like that coming in as well just because they have that connection. Um uh, I think we should mention before uh, we move on um, that the roster, according to the rotation, um, the Miami Heretics roster reportedly is set to be Eric Boom, Lucky, Meadows, Journey, and Vickle. Uh, of course, Vickle, currently part of the Florida Mutineers roster. He is Spanish. Uh, he's played in North America for the past few years, um, but uh, he is from Spain. Um, and then Lucky Meadows Journey, I believe we're all on the last Heretics, uh, the 2019 roster. And then Eric Boom is kind of like one of the more up-and-coming uh, European players that's been around Challengers for the past yeah, year or two that has kind of like become, uh, you know, like a big part of the Challenger scene. 
Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Just the fact that it does look like they're going all in on the Spanish connection, not not shying away from it like we saw with London over the past few seasons where they picked up more American players or more North American players um, rather than the English players. So uh, what do you think about the Heretics possibly going with a Spanish lineup? Yeah, I like it. Um, I think it has a lot of ramifications uh, for the league just in the sense of um, you know, you think about it with those those names that you reported, four out of those five aren't in the league currently, which means mm-hmm. technically four, potential three or four players currently in the league wouldn't be in starting roles in 2024. Um, obviously, that number could be bigger with retirements and then other, you know, people not making the cut and whatever. Um, but just for it to be, you know, we're still in the 2023 season, Um to know that like but if you're like one of those fringe guys um to know that potentially like four spots are automatically locked up already um that that's kind of interesting and like i i think just you know potential ramifications of that could ripple throughout the league because um you know then then you have other teams trying to get guys who are free agents and um if, if somebody's not available then you know some people might be stuck in sub spots and and all that stuff so um i don't i'm not saying the the report is wrong obviously um i just think it is a little weird that like heretics would have their 2024 roster already locked in at this point when we're already still in the season um but the roster obviously makes sense in terms of you know like you said three of those guys having a history with heretics and having that connection to the spanish fan base um i don't know much about eric boom but um so yeah i i think it is kind of cool um if that does come to fruition and we'll, we'll just have to wait and see on, on that front um but it is it, in my head. It it is a little strange to um, be thinking about twenty twenty four rosters already for a team that technically isn't even officially in the league. Um, but yeah, I I guess that's just where we're at right now. So we'll, we'll have to see how it all shakes out. But you know, um, if if Florida Mutineers announced the move tomorrow that Heretics is confirmed that that roster is confirmed for next year, I guess it would you know wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, it would just be weird timing in my head. It is a little odd, especially in Call of Duty, to have like those those players already kind of lined up. It's a little bit different in like you know, say soccer, where like players will sign pre contracts while they're under contract with another team because like you know, like in the NBA and the NFL, like we know your contract runs out on March thirty first or July first or whatever. And at that point, you are officially allowed to like sign a contract with another team. In soccer, it's a little bit different, where like you could be playing for, let's say, like the Columbus Crew or something, and before the end of the season, you already have a contract with another team. I don't know if it's the same with MLS, but in Europe, it is a little bit different, where you can have a pre-contract with another club and kind of finish it out. Um, but it also makes sense just from like the Heretics' point of view that like they probably already know they're not keeping these like current mutineers roster uh, guys around because they're going all in on the Spanish roster and there are probably only so many Spanish players that they probably would target anyway. 
Um, and like you said, like most of these guys that we we named aren't even in the league, so there's no contracts to kind of go through as far as like another CDL team. Like they don't need to buy out anybody. Um, Vickle's the only player on this on a CDL roster, and he's playing for the team that they're going to merge with. So uh, from that point of view, it's kind of like they already have it all lined up. Uh, reportedly, maybe you know things will change, or maybe that's not accurate. Um, but if it is to, believe, to be believed, then um, it's kind of nice to be so organized and so set on what you're going to do. Um, and also, I was thinking about the events for next year because we don't know what the format's going to be. It's it's changed pretty much every year in some way or some form. Um, like, there has to be a European event next year. Like, COVID is obviously not an excuse anymore. Um, like... And there hasn't been a European event since what 2020, like before COVID, with uh, and that was in the UK. Like let's let's go to Madrid, let's go to Barcelona or something like that. Like, could you imagine how many vamos there will be if Heretics is in the CDL with an all Spanish lineup playing in Spain against Baze or Optic? Like that's ridiculous and. You know, we're kind of being deprived of that at the moment. Like even with London and, you know, they, they're absolutely awful this season and uh, they don't have like this all English lineup, but like it, we need that. Like I, I, I think it's pretty much confirmed that the, the UK crowd from 2020 was one of the best crowds like in COD and the CDO, uh, like obviously in the past few years. But, like, we just need that. We need, like, the community stuff to come back. And I think that would be a perfect way to do it, to go in, to, uh, to go to Spain. Um, Anything else on the Heretic stuff before we move on? Um, not that I can really think of. Um, I think just, like off the top of my head that I, I believe journey was a part of like the phase Academy team in yeah. which would have been, uh, the second year of the, uh, CDL. I'm trying to, Oh, it's going up the upwards. Um, it was the first year 2020. It was on phase Academy with, uh, abstract gravity and turn up and then Sib when he got brought in. That was in 2020. Yeah. Oh, so that means... Okay, so Lucky and Metals were on Toronto. And yeah. Journey was on um, the Academy team. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I, I think, you know, just overall verdict is that, um, you know, we, we've seen what these guys are capable of. And... If the move does come to fruition, it just will be interesting to see. But uh, I think, you know, even outside of results, um, you know, worst case scenario, let's just say the the Miami Heretics have the same record as uh, the Florida Mutineers do at this point right now. Next season, at the same point, I still feel like there would be more excitement and, you know, general interest in the team. It would be higher than what is at Florida at this point due to just that, that bringing in the, that Spanish fan base. So, um, yeah, if the report holds true and comes to fruition, that's what I'm most excited about is just, you know, all the vamos. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. Just the having a connection with the community, which is kind of like what we've been missing from the CDO because we have these cities that, you know, these teams are 
quote unquote tied to, but most of them aren't based in that city. They don't really have any connection to it. So like, it's kind of pointless um, in that regard. You know, like a lot of these teams are based in Dallas and it's like, okay. Like I think London is a perfect example. Like they have a few English players, but they're based in, I think North Carolina or something like that. And obviously, you know, they can't be based in London, but like they don't really have that connection. And I think that really does play a part in like, you know, like people just aren't as interested in the in the Royal Ravens because they're not a real community team. They're not a part of that city um, as much as, you know, say Optic is obviously because they're in Dallas based in Texas. Like it's, it just works out that way. Um, let's get into these uh, predictions uh, for the next week of the Call of Duty um, qualifiers. So we have 10 matches, 10 of the last 30 uh, qualifier matches in this CDL season. We're almost done with online COD. We have three three weeks left. Um, really flown by. It's very weird to say that in uh, on the 2nd of May that we're almost done with online COD, but we're almost here. Um, the only uh, interesting tidbit is, you know, with all the speculation and, you know, uncertainty around the future of what the next Call of Duty game is, slash, are we having a second year of MW2? Um, as we can't say, this is officially, you know, coming up on the last time we'll see online MW2 2023, or MW2 2022. Um so we're gonna have to wait and see on that part, but you know, at least for the 2023 season, it's it's winding down. Well, and also this is the 22-23 season because no, I know not. you, I know you love it. Um, yeah, so I, we're almost done. Hopefully, with MW2 all together, we'll see how that works out. Um, maybe we'll just get a reskinned game like sometime in October. That's what I feel like's coming. I don't feel like a an actual brand new completely different game is coming i think we're just gonna get mw 2.5 and they're gonna charge 60 dollars for it um but you know we'll see maybe activision will surprise me probably not um i also wanted while we go through these predictions like because you know our predictions usually go by a little bit quicker and it's only been 20 25 minutes um, just give me your thoughts on like where this team is, uh, kind of what you're feeling as we head into the last portion of the season, because we do have a few teams that have already locked up spots at champs, so they're not necessarily competing to qualify anymore. It's all about seeding uh, for those few teams. Um, a few teams are right on the edge. They are pretty much guaranteed to qualify regardless of the results. Um, but seeding is very important. And then we have those teams that we talked about for the last few weeks. Um, the Vegas Legion probably being the biz biggest example of like every match actually matters. The result matters. They need to win as many of these as possible um, or they risk not going to champs and not, you know, going to champs in their hometown or their, their base. So um, kind of a vibe check. That's what I'm calling it just to branded i guess a, a little bit but um let's get into these predictions uh friday may 5th we have three matches atlanta phase versus the la gorillas uh two very distinct vibes going on here um 
Atlanta, the uh, number one seed at the moment, despite some ups and downs this season, they're still at the top of the CDL standings. And then the LA Gorillas, uh, almost guaranteed to not make champs for another year. I believe they made it one year. Like, obviously, one year was all 12 teams made it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I don't think they made it the other years. So, like, LAG's been pretty bad. I, they're on a losing streak. Um, they are kind of on the on the downslide. Uh, so, what's your vibe check for the, uh, for FaZe and Gorillas heading into their Week 1 matchup? Yeah, uh, obviously, I'm going to pick phase uh, here for this matchup. Um, I think vibe check wise, you know, for phase it, it could be better, but it also could be worse. Um, big thing from them, seemingly a never-ending topic, at least since Major Two, has just been their hard point play. Um, I I feel like they should really, you know, they're, they're in an interesting spot because, like you said, they have qualified for champs, or you didn't say them, but you know, yeah. they are one of the teams that has qualified for champs. Um, but because of how tight the points are, it might not be like in past years. Like I know what immediately jumps to mind for me was in the Black Ops uh, Cold War season. They had like just a super significant lead and that allowed them to kind of experiment with their map pool. And in particular, it allowed them to play a lot of Apocalypse, which was one of the newer maps added towards the end of the Black Ops Cold War season. And it really wasn't played that much by a lot of the other teams. But I feel like FaZe was one of those teams that really like took a chance with it because they had the opportunity to do so uh, with their points and they kind of, you know, they could, it wasn't really a, a gamble, but they could, you know, they, they could just test it out, see how it worked. And if my memory serves me correctly, I believe Apocalypse Hardpoint was the map that they ended up winning COD Champs on at the very end, if I, I remember. There, it was in that, like, little hut. Um, Hardpoint and Selium had a streak or whatever, but um, nonetheless, I, I feel like they're not quite in that same position. Obviously, they aren't because FaZe absolutely dominated the Cold War season. That's not the case this year. Um, so we might not see as much experimentation out of FaZe, but I, I do think that's what they should be looking to do in these this set of qualifiers is um, you know, not jeopardize their potential to start in winner's bracket because obviously they still want to have a, a really strong placing at the last major and they want to start in winner's bracket to give themselves the best shot at doing that. Um, but I, I feel like they've been playing a little bit more uh, hydro hardpoint than they were towards the beginning of the year. Um, so maybe they're, they're, they are just trying to figure something out, um, figure out what their best hardpoint maps are, what they want to do uh, for, towards the end of the year. And I feel like that's... Um, where I'm at with them. Obviously, you know, their, their search is still good. Um, it's just, it's not undefeated good as it was during their their uh, famous stretch now. You know, they are dropping uh, some search and destroy maps, but that's, you know, what, you know, a, a normal team does. So, mm -hmm. um, it's just, yeah, the, the vibes with phases. I still think they're a really talented team. Um, they just have some stuff to work on, especially hard point and, um, if they're able to figure out hard point and even play at a, a fraction of what they're they were playing like in search during their streak, um, I think they're a really scary team heading into champs. And then uh, for the gorillas, I I don't think there's much to say with them. I I will say you know we we kind of mentioned on the last show that um, I didn't feel like there was going to be really any roster changes outside of the one we already talked about with Boston um, heading into these qualifiers. I feel like LAG if they wanted to do something last minute here with giving Spart another chance in place of somebody, um, 
maybe they're like one of the only teams just because I feel like there's no no team's going to sign someone at this point in the season. Um, so it would almost have to be somebody like a Spart, like a Vivid, who is signed to the team already and in that sub role, and you would just you know swap them out with somebody else. Um, so I feel like you know maybe they try something with that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just keep rolling with this this set of four that they have now. Um, but you know, barring some an incredible you know come to mind moment or you know they just all of a sudden figured something out over uh the last two weeks um i i still expect lag to struggle towards the end of the season yeah lag's vibe is definitely slaughtered there is no shot that there are good vibes in that team anymore um they are on an eight match losing streak heading into this uh they have not won since the major three qualifiers uh, they were actually in the winner's bracket of Major 3, if you can believe that. Um, they sneaked in with a 2-3 and three record, got beat by Seattle in Game 5, lost to Vegas uh, in the loser's bracket to be eliminated, uh, and then they lost all five of their Major 4 qualifier matches, lost in another Game 5 to the Seattle Surge at Major 4, uh, and now we have LAG versus Atlanta in the opening match of the major five qualifiers um yeah just bad vibes they are uh i believe second to last in the cdl they're in 11th place with an 8 and 20 record um they're pretty much they would have to win like eight more matches they'd have to kind of double their wins to even tie minnesota at this point um it's not looking too hot, or they'd have to win like a major and a few matches. Um, either way, it's just not been uh, real great for for the uh, Gorillas at this point in the season. Um, and yeah, I would I'm gonna pick Atlanta Phase. I would say that their vibe is a little uneasy. I'm not worried so much, but just not not comfortable uh, because they played Optic, they played the Thieves, they played Seattle, they played New York. These teams can beat them, which in the past was probably not the case, especially in Black Ops Cold War where they completely dominated. Even last season, really the only two teams that consistently gave them trouble for most of the season was Optic and The Surge. And then at the end of the season, it ended up being LAT as well. Um, and that that was the team that ended up winning champ, uh, the, uh, the CDL championship. So right now, I would say that Phase is probably a little bit uneasy, or at least they should feel kind of unsteady uh, because of those those hard point issues. I don't think the S and D stuff is really anything to worry about at the moment because it's still their strongest game mode, um, and I believe they're like an above average control team. But they can't win hard points consistently enough to get to game fives uh, sometimes, and I think that's really coming back to bite them. Uh, but yeah, I'll still go with FaZe over LAG because I'm not an idiot. Um, let's go to Optic versus Vegas. Uh, the first match of kind of the um, death qualifiers for Vegas. Uh, they're in a do-or-die situation, um, as we've mentioned last week. Uh, and, you know, I briefly alluded to it. Uh, just a few minutes ago, but Vegas, they are in ninth place. Only the top eight will make champs. Uh, they are 20 points behind Minnesota uh, heading into the qualifiers, who they also play during the set of qualifiers. Um, 
but Vegas has an incredibly tough schedule, a much tougher schedule than Minnesota does at this point. Um, I, I'll say the the vibes for Vegas are anxious, maybe uh, pretty. I I don't want to use uneasy because that's not. I also used it for phase, but I I want to kind of maybe like defcon maybe that's that's the kind of vibes we're going with for for vegas at this point um although this match is not like the okay like we're expected to win we need to win this one even though that would help but um yeah vegas are probably just not feeling great right now uh and as for optic they're feeling like pretty good not great pretty good though uh got second at the major only lost to thieves. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think opposite ends of the spectrum here. It's you know, I think the death count analogy is good for Vegas. It, I wouldn't say you know full on panic, but it's got to be a little panic just it's because. Like Deathcon three. <laughs> they they had you know I, I said this last episode, but they they had that you know their destiny was in their own hands, and mm-hmm. they just threw it away, and and now it's it's going to come down to. Um, some really tough qualifiers like you said and it's just a much tougher path than if they you know had showed up and had a better placing at the past major um as opposed to optic i, I think vibes are still good with them um you know two back-to-back second place finishes um is pretty good and you know they they still were a really strong team uh heading into the major uh in those qualifiers, they played really well online, mm-hmm. um, and they still played pretty well at the major too, just outside of not being able to come home with the gold. So I think uh, still vibes are good with Optic, still a contender in my eyes. Uh, Vegas, though, um, you know they're gonna have to pull off some upsets. So starting here would be a big one. Um, I just don't see it happening right now, so I'm gonna go with Optic. Yeah, Optic actually has a chance to grab the number one seed um, in this. You know, set of qualifiers or in at major five, uh, they're 25 points behind Phase, um, who are in first, uh, and they the optic outpointed Phase by 30 in between the major four qualifiers and major four. So if that happens again, optic would be uh, the number one seed most likely. Um, so something to watch there. Uh, then we have Seattle versus Toronto. Um, a pretty weird matchup, all things considered, just because Toronto is, um, you know, not in a great place, at least. Like, coming off a of Major 3, the champions, they had to be feeling really good. Major 4, a disastrous qualifier set. They kind of salvage it a little bit at Major 4, but it still was less than ideal. Um, they ended up winning two matches grabbing 20 points so 30 points in the last set of qualifiers plus the major um they probably would be in third at this point um in the in the standings they they probably would have clinched a spot at champs at the major had they not screwed up the qualifiers so bad um i'm not sure what the vibe would be for them kind of hungry maybe like they're they have to try to prove at least to themselves a little bit that like that was just a one-off like that those five matches and the qualifiers were kind of flukes like you know that it, it won't go like that again but seattle is a tough team to kind of prove that against um what do you think the vibes are for seattle as well 
Uh, just real quick, did you say who you're picking for Vegas Optic? I'm still thinking about it. I'll say it after you give the vibes. Oh, okay. Um, for Seattle and Toronto, I think, um, you know, it's kind of, you know, I, I think hungry was a really good way to describe it, especially for Toronto. Um, just kind of trying to prove the doubters wrong. Um, and even with Seattle, like I, I could see Hungry fitting them too. But I think it's it's a little bit different for each of these teams because Seattle was playing well in the qualifiers heading into Major Four, and then they uh, had that upset loss to um, Minnesota, and that kind of, um, you know, an, an earlier exit than expected, um, you know, just isn't ideal way to go out for them. As opposed to Toronto, they kind of dug their own grave with a poor performance in the qualifiers, but then they played better than, um, you know, some people might have expected in comparison to, obviously they had just won the last tournament, but in comparison to their online play, you know, winning a couple matches and losing your bracket with your backs against the wall, um, you know, they, they, they were able to salvage it a little bit, like you said. So um, I, I think Hungary was a good way to describe it, especially, you know, that, that that's a, a good buzzword that uh, comes around to mind, especially you think about Scrappy. I, I can just picture him being, like, super intense trying to, you know, uh, get back to their A, a game. And, you know, the same thing with, with Seattle. They Both these squads have the talent. Um, this is going to be a, a matter of putting it together, and I'm really excited for this match in particular. Um, but I'm going to go with Seattle for this one. I'm I'm really torn because Seattle is definitely better than they're in a better spot now than they were earlier in the year after the first major they get second then they really go down like a a pretty hard slide um they're in a better spot now than they were but like you kind of I I think at least like Toronto's got to get out of this little slump like it's it's not a very long slump but considering they they did so poorly in the qualifiers. We're going back online again. Like at least like recency bias makes me think like maybe that'll continue. Um, I'll go with Toronto. I'm not feeling you know great about it. I looked it up. They're one and one against each other both online this season. Um, it was I believe the stage one qualifiers. Toronto won that three one, and then the stage three qualifiers I believe it was a 3-2 win for Seattle. So we haven't seen these two teams play each other very much. And, you know, you know, there's really not a lot to go off of there. So I'll go with Toronto, but it's a, a pretty tough pick regardless. Um, next, we got Minnesota versus London. This is part of the home series, the second home series for the Minnesota Rocker. They are playing two matches in St. Paul, Minnesota on May 6th. Uh, they're playing the London Royal Ravens and the Boston Breach on the same day. Um, if you uh, obviously you remember, but um, maybe some of the fans that kind of tune in and tune out of the CDL, I believe they had one about a month ago. Uh, they played, I think it was LAG in Florida, uh, in Wisconsin, and Minnesota won both of those matches, if I remember correctly. Um, and those those two matches might end up being really important and now that i think about it clayster was literally the most vocal opponent of the the home series because uh he said like it gives minnesota a an advantage of playing on land 
um, and competing for CDL points where Vegas doesn't have that luxury. And now it's probably going to come down to Minnesota and Vegas, those two teams for the last spot at champs. So that, that should be really interesting. Um, but Minnesota plays London in the first uh, match of that home series. Minnesota's got to feel um, not comfortable, but kind of like free that the the weight isn't on their shoulders as much. Like, of course, they need to win just to kind of ensure that. But for the most part, it's on Vegas. Like, Vegas has the pressure to win those matches to make up the ground that they lost at Major Four. They also Minnesota also plays London in the first match. London's been really bad this season, uh, the, the last place team in the league. So I would say Minnesota probably got a little bit of uh, free vibes. And London, probably some pretty crappy vibes, if I'm if I'm being honest. Um, probably not as, as bad as it could be because LAG are probably as bad as it could be at the moment. But London's, you know, maybe hopeless vibes are probably the, the way to go for London. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's a good description. I would just say London's pretty chalked at this point. Yeah, um, Minnesota, Minnesota is, you know, hanging in there. Um, definitely, I think they, they like, you know, got to be counting their lucky stars that, you know, things went better for them than Vegas at the last major, so they do have a little bit of a cushion. Um, and this home series, you know, they went 2-0 at their last home series against two weaker teams. Uh seemingly here they're playing against two potentially weaker teams kind of on the fence about where boston sits but they are now making another roster change so we don't really know where this particular roster is going to be for boston so um little uncertainty there could be the recipe for another 2-0 home series for uh minnesota it's just going to be what they're able to do after that and i know especially last time in the qualifiers they went 2-0 at their home series then they had three uh tough matchups i think it was new york atlanta and the thieves uh if i remember correctly they had to play after their home series in the online matches and they lost all those um but obviously they were able to make some magic happen at the major and notably upset Seattle, which was a big win for them. Um, so this this team certainly has some potential to to cause a ruckus. Um, I, I just think, you know, the vibe right now, they have to capitalize on their opportunity, especially with the home series, uh, playing two matches in the same day, playing on land. If, if you know, it, let's just say in a world where they somehow lost to London, that would be like a really devastating loss to uh, Minnesota. Even if Vegas lose their their first match to uh, Optic, a, a Minnesota loss there would just you know it, it doesn't help them at all, and it doesn't help mm. them you know add to their cushion or whatever, however you want to phrase it. So um yeah we're just gonna have to see you know maybe you know and maybe a vi better vibe instead of just saying chalk through uh, london is um they gotta be looking at playing spoiler you know that's that's what um you you, you look at a lot of teams especially um in major sports towards the end of the year where you're talking about tanking for drafts and stuff like that. Um, the best example that, that comes to my hand is the, the Texans literally this past year in the NFL winning the last game of the regular season to throw away, getting the first pick in the draft. Um, 
but you know the players still want to play even if the organization is trying to get that draft pick the players are still trying to play and and want to prove that they belong in the league so i think that's what all these guys on the london royal ravens should be trying to do um i don't think they should be going out there trying to make individual hectic plays that you know um you know at, at the cost of their teammates or are just you know putting up crazy numbers or something like that but um i i just think you know all the the players on London right now should be looking at this opportunity as they have potentially, let's just call it six, seven matches left in their season to show that they have what it takes to be on a CDL team in 2024. Um, and, and that's what London should be using this opportunity to do in my eyes. Yeah. And as, as just far as like the record, um, they're six and eight team, like, just not having the worst record in the CDL this season would probably be nice. Uh, LAG, like I said, eight-match losing streak. Who knows how long that could go on. Um, they only have two more wins than London. Like it's, it's feasible for London to at least match them or win one more match than them. So there is something to play for in that regard for London. Um, unfortunately, there is no draft in the CDL or they would just tank completely and try to get the next uh, up-and-coming prospect in, in the CDL draft. Um, next, we have New York versus Vegas. We already talked a little bit about Vegas uh, when they play against Optic on Friday. For New York, I was thinking they should feel a little rejuvenated. Um, they had a really strong start to their season, obviously major one champions. Um, that's where a lot of the CDL points that they have earned this season, that's where it came from. They had kind of, uh, you know, not really terrible uh, uh, middle part of the season, uh, although I do believe they got double first rounded at, at a major, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, you know, obviously not great regardless. And in the major four qualifiers, won three matches, I believe. Uh, major four, they ended up um, winning three more matches, uh, played very well, their best major placing since major one. I, I think New York should feel a little rejuvenated. Obviously clay and, uh, Hydra had a little bit of, uh, very short lived beef at the, at major four, um, after New York beat Vegas. Um, but New York beat Vegas, which was, is a good thing. They stomped them, uh, and New York played pretty well throughout the weekend, all things considered, um, so yeah, I, I think New York should feel pretty good going into this last set of qualifiers. They are in fifth place and they have the chance to, who knows how many spots they could jump up to depending on what happens in front of them. They're only 20 points behind Toronto, only 30 points behind LAT in third. So a lot could happen for the subliners as we get to the end of the season. What do you think about New York? Where, where would you put their vibe um, you know, I think the, the, the one way I was phrasing it last episode was, um, you know, New York had their best performance at a major at major four since winning the title in major one. Um, they really underperformed, especially in comparison to their major one performance, mm -hmm. uh, at major two and major three. Um, so this is technically their second best major of the season. Yeah. Um, and they should just be looking to build off that. Obviously, you know, silver linings, yada, yada, all that stuff. But they, they lost to Optic and FaZe, which are the teams in second and third. Um, so not necessarily, you know, suffering any wild upsets or anything like that. Um, 
It's just, yeah, I think the New York team has the potential and they just got to keep trying to build off this major in particular. It would be not good in my opinion. Obviously, that's a really bad way of phrasing it, but uh, it wouldn't be ideal if New York had another disappointing performance similar to what they did at Major 2 and Major 3 in Major 5. So just trying to stay consistent with their performance at this past Major should be what uh, New York is looking to build off of. Uh, next match on Saturday, uh, the second match of that home series in Minnesota, the Rocker versus the Boston Breach. Uh, the Breach playing their first match without Nero, uh, who got benched for Vivid, uh, who's being brought back into the lineup. Um, so some late-season roster changes uh, happening again for the Breach as they uh, try to secure a spot at Champs. Um, they, pr- they probably feel decently good about their chances they're 30 points ahead of ninth place vegas uh but 30 points is not like you know completely safe that's not a not a gap um big enough that you would feel really really good about um but you know obviously vegas does have a really tough schedule ahead of them um i'm not really sure how boston should feel kind of you know on the edge a little bit um and confused vibes yeah like there's there's some i I mean you look at their placings uh this season um they didn't win a match at major one they didn't win a match at major four um but they had uh decent performances at major two and major three um they've had some really good qualifier performances uh, they won uh, four of their five matches in the major three qualifiers. So maybe the online stuff is not really the issue, but the consistency on LAN has been kind of a, you know, kind of hit or, hit or miss at this point. And they are playing a, at least one LAN match uh, this set of qualifiers, and it's against Minnesota, who, um, you know, this is a big match, at least in terms of uh, the playoff race. Even if both of these teams qualify, like the difference between being the seven seed or being the eight seed could be massive depending on who's the number one seed. If it's phase, if it's optic, maybe even LAT. So you never really know. Um, you're going with confused vibes for Boston. Yeah. I, just, I, I don't know what to expect from team. I, I believe now, if, if I'm thinking about it correctly, since uh, methods retirement, they, they'll have now had three different lineups at the past three majors. If you know, they don't make another change yeah. to bring Nero back in after this. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's they're, they're trying to figure out what works, and if they think consistent changes like this is what could potentially bring them the best results, then more power to them. Uh, but until we see it come to fruition, I really I, I don't know what to expect from this Boston squad. Yeah, I also have confused vibes for Boston. Um, LAT versus Toronto rounds out Saturday. Um, you know, obviously we, we talked a little bit about Toronto, but uh, LAT have to be feeling like top on top of the world, uh, you know, defending major champions, uh, first team ever to win champs and then win an event in the next year. Um, this is also the time that they really turned it on last season. They won the last two events or the last major and then champs, um, you know, I, I think LAT's got to feel invincible seems too strong of a word, but like supremely confident heading into their match against Toronto. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I'll go with LAT. I don't believe I picked the Minnesota-Boston uh, match, but I'll I'm, go. I'm going to ask you at the end because I'm okay. all over the place now. <laughs> all right, just make sure. Um, yeah, so for LAT-Toronto, I'll probably go with LAT because there's no point in picking against them at the moment. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. I'm going with LAT too. Um, I think vibe check-wise, yeah, I, I don't think – I think invincible would be too strong of a word, but – um, I do feel like they, yeah, like you said, confident is a good way to describe it. Um, you know, maybe even a little deja vu vibes. For yeah, them, I was thinking they should feel the, familiar. Last year, yeah. Um, their other LA team, they play the first match of Sunday, LAG versus Florida. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like the Texans versus the Bears in week 18 or something. It's uh i would both these teams should feel good that they play each other that's what i'll say because there's a better chance that they'll win this match i mean at the same time though like the the vibes for florida gotta be vamos right like that like that, that team could be Only a little for one to, yeah like you know reports are coming out that you know Teams changing, you might not have a spot. Like you could be a little chalked, or you could, uh, like we were talking about with London, you know, have that mindset of saying, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm not going to be on this team next year." Now I I know that based on the report, um, I got to do everything in my power to prove that I belong on one of the other eleven teams when uh, free agency starts at the end of the season. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a, uh, a not a not a headline match. In many people's eyes, I'm going to go with Florida though, just because, like you were saying, LAG is seemingly on a uh, long losing streak. Um, so I'll stick with the narrative and, and pick Florida here. Yeah, it is. It is a big match in terms of what you just said about kind of proving yourself. Same, you said the same with London. Um, obviously, these are three the the three worst teams in the league um, consistently throughout this season at the bottom of the standings, but. It is important just to kind of leave a lasting impression on whoever might be watching uh, and whoever might be in control of some rosters in the offseason, especially with Florida. We saw it with Brack. He never got a shot with the Toronto Ultra in 2020, and then he was not to be seen in the CDL for another three years. Um, Fellow has been kind of in and out of the CDL. He's been on a few rosters now. And none of them have seemed to stick. Uh, but there's always the chance that that next roster will be the one to kind of fit him perfectly. And he might be able to contribute to something. Uh, Capsidal, incredibly young player, uh, was a rookie last year. A part of Boston. The, the Boston team that literally made the playoffs, but he got benched before the playoffs. So he, he didn't get to experience that. Um, and likely won't be in the playoffs again this year. Um, Vickel should feel Vamos definitely, uh, because it looks like he might have a confirmed spot on that roster. Uh, but yeah, like the other three guys, um, especially if that report is true, they're, you know, kind of on their own butts, right? Like they're, they don't have a team. They have to play, you know, obviously the best way to prove it would be to win, to win a few matches, get a little momentum, uh, heading into the end of the season, um, and even if, you know, they don't pull off a miracle and qualify for champs, just having a little bit of uh, a good lasting impression could go a long way for these players, um, heading into the off season. And it'll be a pretty crucial off season for all of them. Um, 
Atlanta versus Optic, always a banger. Uh, even when one of the teams is not doing too hot, um, you know, I think it would probably be ridiculous to say Atlanta is not doing. Uh, I mean, they aren't doing too hot. They're they're like pretty warm always, at least. Uh, but with Optic as their opponent, I mean, it's been a rough stretch, I believe. You know, it's been what the last two years, Atlanta's like not beating them or beating them once in, in the last two years. Eight, Optic Texas was eight and one. Yeah. I believe they said breaking points at last event. So uh pretty good record for Optic. Not so great if you're an Atlanta Phase fan. And the matchup wise, uh what we talked about in the past a uh, few weeks at least, Atlanta with their hard point stuff. That's a really tough matchup. It's it's a tough ask for Atlanta to try to beat Optic in one or you know especially two hard points. Um, and Optic isn't like some slouch S and D team either, so it's not a a guarantee to to beat them in any game mode at the moment. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not too sure what. Uh, you know how these two teams would feel going against each other, what their vibes would be. I, I mean, Optic would definitely feel confident because they've beaten them over and over and over again, despite these uh, roster changes. Uh, but Atlanta's got to feel like a little bit hungry as well. Like we, if we beat them once, we we know we can beat them again, and that should be the the mindset for Atlanta going into this. Yep. And, you know, all those numbers be damned. I'm picking Atlanta here. I, something's telling me they might finally turn things around here against Optic Texas. And I, I still, you know, I just got to say it because I don't want people to only hear this episode and, uh, you know, not think. I think that the stat of it being Optic Texas being 8-1 or whatever against yeah. Atlanta is very misleading because obviously they've only been Optic Texas for the last uh, season and a half now. So Atlanta saw success against Optic Chicago and Chicago Huntsman. Um, it's just, you know, Optic's had their number lately. So um, in this this matchup, I'm, I'm going to go with Atlanta, even though there's probably no real reason I should pick them, but I will anyway. Yeah, I mean, the obviously that stat is, you know, very, it, lack con, it lacks context. And there have been so many roster changes, like especially with Optic, with, you know, they had Illy, then they had Prolute at one point. Um, obviously Illy's been out. They they brought in Hook. Uh they've they've had Scump in the roster. Now they don't have Scump. So like it being like Optic Texas versus FaZe is kind of being like the Browns and the Steelers, like uh like ten years ago, like their records. It's like it doesn't matter. It it really doesn't. Um Although, I, although I do like the stat of like the last few years, Browns versus Steelers, it's a little more even uh, that way. Um, but I yeah. like the stat of uh, Big Ben having more wins in the Cleveland Stadium than any quarterback in you know whatever the last twenty years or something like that. Well, but, you're uh, I you're just lucky that Baker didn't stick around because he was on pace. <laughs> He's he was coming. Um, I'm gonna go with Optic. I I don't feel good about. Atlanta, at least in the matchup, I, I think against you know 80 85 percent of the league, I think phase is like a no brainer pick. But against Optic LAT, like I have to give some pause and, and I'll give the advantage to Optic in this case. Uh, and then last match of the week, New York versus LAT. Um, a pretty interesting matchup because I feel like 
it's it's a good litmus test for New York at the yep. moment. It's LAT LAT's got two decently tough matchups, uh not their hardest matchups by any means. They played Toronto and New York this week. Um I would, you know, New York, I I feel I I I mean they got to prove it. Like they this would be a huge win for them. If they if they pull it off, um, especially when they play Vegas, they completely wiped Vegas uh, at Major Four. Um, you know, I would I feel pretty good about it if I was New York. Uh, LAT again should feel confident because they should feel confident against literally every team at this at this moment uh, with the way they've been playing. So um, I'll go with LAT, but this is a really good matchup to end the week. Yeah, I totally agree. It should be a really good match. Um, and and that's where my head was at too. This is that this is a, a good test to see where New York are right now, especially in comparison to what we were just talking about with them earlier at Major Four. Excuse me. We saw New York lose to Optic and Phase, but they didn't play the Thieves at Major Four. We saw the Thieves beat Phase and beat Optic, but they didn't play New York. So, you know, of the the teams that finish in the top four at the last Major, we're we're actually going to get to see one versus four face off. Um, and it should be a good test to see where New York stacks up against, um, you know, one of the one of the teams that they didn't play at the last event. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with LAT here as well, but it should be a good, exciting one to round out week one. All right, so which matches did I not pick? Because I... All right, let's just rapid fire real quick. Atlanta, LAG, we both went face. Yep. Optic versus Vegas, I don't. So I had Optic. Optic, yeah. Definitely okay. Optic. And then Seattle versus Toronto. I got Seattle. You got Toronto? Yep. All right. So for Minnesota, London, I went Minnesota begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Minnesota as well. Okay. Um, New York versus Vegas. New York. Yeah. We just saw that one. So that yeah. makes sense to, too. Uh, Minnesota versus Boston. I'll go with Boston. I'm a big Vivid fan, okay. as you know. Yeah, I'm going with Minnesota there. Um, I don't think I actually said it, but I, I went with New York and New York Vegas too. Um, so then Minnesota, Boston, I got Minnesota, you got Boston. LAT versus Toronto, we both have LAT. Yep. Florida versus LAG, I think that's the last one. We Florida. Have. I have I mean, Florida. It's pretty hard to pick LAG at the moment. Yeah, you're going with Florida? Yeah. Cool, so we both have Florida there. And then Atlanta Optic, I got Atlanta, you got Optic. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York, LAT, we both got LAT. Yep, our pick'em records. Uh, so you are five matches ahead as we get into the last fifth of the season. Uh, ninety-seven and seventy-one is your record. Uh, we both went twelve and six, uh, which puts me at ninety-two and seventy-six. Um, so we're well above five hundred. Which at a certain you know point early in the season we were not doing too well. Um, it was it was not looking great, but we've really turned it around. Um, I don't know which teams have really helped us. Uh, I know Vegas has hurt us a few times. Seattle has hurt me too many times, um, which maybe maybe I should uh, – I picked against them. So, you know, they'll probably win this week, which is nice. Um, yeah, I think that about does it. Uh, yeah, make sure to subscribe, like, or follow the podcast wherever you're listening or watching on. Really appreciate your guys' support on YouTube um, the last few videos. Uh, like I said last week, um, and it continued this week as well. Um, some of our m- most popular videos, um, even though you know, like the numbers are small compared to 
the flank and whatever, but like for the, how small of uh you know followings we have, like that's incredible that we've been able to um get that many people to go watch an hour long video of our stupid faces talking about Call of Duty esports. So um I really appreciate all the support. Um yeah, make sure to give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, like the videos on YouTube, subscribe, um, share them if you would like. Follow us on Twitter. He's at JBink with two Ks. I'm at Prez Byers and the podcast Twitter is at Ego Child Podcast. And the next show will be sometime next week. Um, we've kind of been flipping back and forth between uh doing the live shows on Monday and Tuesday or uh, or like uploading the the feeds and stuff. Um on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, I'm not sure what everyone prefers. Um, it kind of switches back and forth for me of like which one's better. Um, but as long as the Yankees keep beating the Guardians and doing it in like two hours, then we'll be here um, probably every Tuesday. Uh, I, I don't know what the Yankee schedule is looking like, but uh, that is a big determining factor at the moment. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week and we'll be talking about these matches that we just previewed, uh, kind of seeing whether our vibe checks were correct, uh, in our assessment. Uh, and then we'll be previewing the second week and getting even closer to major five and ultimately getting closer to the CDL championship. So, yep, that does it for me. Bink, take it away. Yep, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with your outro there. Definitely appreciate all the support, guys. Thank you, as always, uh, for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, any criticism, feedback you guys got, please send it our way and let us know what we can do to improve. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to a good week of matches coming up this weekend for first week of Major 5 qualifiers. Um, and we'll see you back here whenever next week to uh, talk about what we saw and what's coming up. So, until then, always remember to send the chow.